0: This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, the rocket to my Groot, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I never thought a CGI foul-mouthed
1: raccoon would (laughs) nearly have me in tears, but you did it, James Gunn. Yes, he did. You genius. Yes, he is. You he pulled it off.
0: He is a genius, and we'll talk quite a bit about James Gunn. We're,
1: I was about to say, we're going to be kissing his butt a lot this episode. Yeah,
0: we'll be talking about him quite a bit. So, uh, If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the 32nd MCU film, The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you are a new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast. You can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level, and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free. Doesn't matter if you're coming in the $3 level, the $20 level, or whatever level in between, you will get the show ad-free on the Patreon app. There are some other benefits for you there as well. You just have to go to our Patreon page and you can check those out. But It's not just getting the show ad-free. There's other things that you get for being a Patreon supporter and at different levels. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we picked up at least one more on Spotify this week, so whoever you are out there, thank you for doing that. Uh, If you would like to interact with the show, though, you can send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com, just like... One of our patrons did uh, here uh, this past week. So, just to give you a little background on this, uh, last week we did a we did a, patron, a Patreon on our first concert first concerts best concerts and last concerts and one of the we've, uh, we thought we, some of our patrons would have some pretty good stories and Nate one of our patrons uh, he did have a good story. so let me go ahead and read some of his email he, he had some other stuff in here but I want to just kind of start with about about a third of the way through it so uh, Nate writes my very first concert was the Violet Femmes in 1995 I guess I'm pronounced that correct that's right the Violet Femmes Thank you will know, let me go wild like a blister in the sun <laughs> okay yeah, I'm not familiar with their stuff so the uh, they were really good. It was a small club in Baltimore called Hammerjacks, and that's just a great name. Uh, that is a fantastic name. <laughs> a small club in uh, Baltimore called Hammerjacks. They tore down to build the Ravens Stadium, and that just makes me hate the Ravens right there. Uh, <laughs> Freaking Ravens. I've, always never, I've never liked them. <laughs> uh, worst show was the Fugees. Uh, I always pronounce Is it Fugees or Fugees? It's, I was, a, fu- it's a Fugees. Fugees. I can never remember how they pronounce it. Uh, it was the Fugees when I was in college in 1996 at the University of Maryland. They were like 90 minutes late. Go they Terps. <laughs> That's right. Go Terps. Very good. I'm, I forget what they're called. Uh, they were like 90 minutes late and they didn't even play full songs. They just played medleys of songs and were done in like 30 minutes. I guess since they only had one one album and just did like one verse of each song. Uh, I've seen a lot of great shows, but I'll tell you the best, most surprising show for me, Rob Zombie. I was not a fan, but my friend had an extra ticket for the Hellbilly, Hellbilly Deluxe Tour in Philadelphia. Uh, he grew up what in a, Maryland. What a, what a great name. <laughs> Billy Deluxe. I had a hard time saying it. Uh, my God. There was such energy that night, and they were filming the video for the song to appear on the Vince Vaughn Psycho Remake soundtrack. Uh, there were go-go dancers, giant robots with flames shooting out of their arms, a clear guitar that had blood slashing around inside, and it goes without saying for a show like that, but the, uh, also smoke machines and explosions. I left pumping with testosterone and wanted to pull apart the city brick by brick. So... Uh, great story from nate we appreciate that so and also if you ever want to chime in we would love to hear you on our email so like i said just go to mannyattractionpod at gmail.com All right, so like I said at the top, we are discussing the 32nd film in the MCU. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It is the swan song for the Guardians as we know it. Before we get into this, we always like to give general thoughts on what we thought of the movie. So what were your uh, general thoughts coming out of the theater? I know you just got out.
1: First thing, you've heard Blister in the Sun by the Violent Films. It's in about 100 different movies. We will play it afterwards, and you're going to be like, <laughs> <After>. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll in fact, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if it was in one of these uh, soundtracks. So, me, no. uh, this was an incredible movie, and it made me feel like this is what we've been wanting for from Marvel mm-hmm. that these last few movies haven't had. Right. And James Gunn took us on a ride. It was emotional. And the whole time I was thinking, I can't believe we're letting these people go. I right. love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're wonderful. This, is, this has been the best series of movies. It's, I'm telling this, it's so good, man. I'm already missing them. You know, I'm kind of glad they're going out on a high, right. but I'm missing them so bad. This cast, man, they just gelled. They mm-hmm. they used everybody perfectly. It was, it was emotional. It was so funny at times. Right. And it just has a killer ending that just makes you feel good when you're leaving the theater. And I haven't felt good, like this good, leaving a a superhero movie in a while.
0: (laughs) True. Uh, Let me, before I get, let let me just go to, let me tell you this. When I walked out of the theater, when I was walking out of the theater with my son, I, Immediately what sprang to mind was a a part of a speech that Jim Valvano gave back at the uh, very first ESPYS Awards. Uh, If you don't know who Jim Valvano is, if you're not a sports fan, Jim Valvano was the coach of the NC State uh, Wolfpack back in the 80s. He -hmm. famously pulled off an upset over the Houston Cougars. The Houston Cougars were a huge favorite to win the NCAA title, uh, and his team ends up winning on a... one of the more memorable shots where a buzzer a shot was sent up as a buzzer beater. It doesn't go in, but one of his players was there and basically catches it in the air and then slams it home to give them the win. And, and there's this, he's famously known for like just running around the court with his yeah. arms up in the air. So, like I said, if you don't know who Jim Valvano is, that's who he is. Uh, he also later became a, a, a television personality for ESPN. He ends up dying for cancer in 1993. And right before he died, uh, he gave a speech that launched his foundation called the V Foundation uh that is a foundation that raises money to fight cancer uh but one of there's an excerpt in there that just struck me when i was coming out of the theater and i'm to read it real quick so part of his speech is, this is what he says and when people say to me how do you get through life each day is the same thing to me there are three things we should do every day number one is laugh you should laugh every day number two is think you should spend some time in thought and number three is you should have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy, but think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And like I said, that's from Jim Valvano's speech. If you haven't seen it, yeah. go Google it. It's fantastic. Do Jim Valvano's SP speech. But the reason I say that is because I did all of those things yeah, in this he, film.
1: It really did nail that. You're right about that. All, all those emotions. Um, and it just, like, it just gets you. And these are CGI animals. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and are. And you're just like, I don't want any of them to get hurt. Right. You, you don't. You don't want yeah, any of them you, to get hurt. You need to uh, do a trigger warning to your friends who haven't seen this movie yeah. that may be animal lovers to warn right. them. No animals were hurt. Just yeah. tell before they hit the theater. Because there are several times you am thinking... Oh man, are we about to see a dead, dead some a bunch of dead rac- little baby raccoons? Right. They're not that are they?
0: And they do the, they don't do it, but they do it too. They do kill, end up killing a few of those animals. Basically, his little, his four his three little friends. Well, that's true. Uh, and I, I don't think they actually show them being killed. We just see their lifeless bodies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things that's interesting about this film is the a hallmark of the first two, and he does it again in this one, but it's, it's slightly different. The first two movies open up with uh, like a musical number with... The first one, Chris Pratt, it's his introduction to Star-Lord, where he's... Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. He, uh, obviously, it's, it ends this uh, movie as well. Uh, but he's like kind of just like dancing around as he's shooting all these yeah. aliens and stuff on the planet. Is, is it Ucha? maybe i can't remember like i said yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's the final song that we hear in uh after the post credit scene the mid credit scene on this one but uh oh come and get your love come and get your love thank you i can't remember what the second film started. what film what song it started with but it's got baby one Girl. of them is spirit in the sky because no. uh, that was a song that uh kurt russell listened to okay that must have been that must have been the second oh, brandy one. Okay, but anyway, like I said, the second one it opens yeah. up with with Baby Group dancing around as the other Guardians are like fighting this huge alien, and th- both of them are really really fun. And this third one opens up with a song I don't remember which song it was either, but it opens. Oh man, up. it was
1: "Creep" by uh, uh,
0: Radiohead, and Thank the acoustic you. version was awesome. Yeah, that's I didn't recognize it from the because it was the acoustic version, but what, But it's walking. It's a much more somber mood because it's just yeah. Rocket kind of walking around. Uh, and you can kind of see he's kind of dealing with some stuff. And then it ends with him getting to Chris Pratt, who, who is obviously still dealing with issues because he's just completely drunk and just ends up passing out. So it's a very – immediately you're getting a different tone. You know this is going to be different than the previous films.
1: Yeah. And James Gunn is so good in anything he does. And we saw this with Peacemaker that we've talked mm. on this on our podcasts that he matches the song to the
0: moment he does better than anyone. Oh yeah, he does. He does fantastic. I and mean, that's one of the great things about watching his, his movies Especially all three of these Guardians movies, there are some just absolutely fantastic needle drops. I mean, one of the best. Yeah. Like when they open up that hall fight with uh, No Sleep no Till Brooklyn. Sleep. Oh, it was awesome. It was just. I was fired up. I was, man. I was fired up. Like it almost the, the only critique I'll have it is like I was almost so enraptured in the music I almost forgot to watch the film. <laughs> when, oh,
1: yeah, well, also because how they lined up so
0: perfectly mm-hmm. to the to the beats of the song and right. stuff. Ah. Oh. He nailed that. He yes, nailed, he it. He 100% nailed it. He uh, hundred percent nailed it. But like, and that's just such a hallmark of what he does is he just puts yeah. the music in there perfectly, and it's all these retro songs that uh, that maybe some kids may not know, but you know, yeah. obviously, people like you and I will know. Because uh, there was n- numerous times in this film and all of the Guardians films where you know I find myself just kind of singing and tapping along to yeah. to the music because it's just so recognizable. And the music is like a it's like a character in the film. It is. It uh, definitely is. But anyway, so like I said, it opens up with that. And then we get the introduction of Adam Warlock, who is played by Will Poulter, who just comes in and obliterates nowhere. Uh, real quick before we get into that, though, I was a little surprised that they don't really explain. They don't even give like a quick update, because if you didn't watch the holiday special, you may not understand why all this is going. Were you surprised that there was yeah, no way? Yeah, I was,
1: I was kind of surprised at that as well. The only thing they did, they put nowhere and, like, the Guardians, like, their territory or something. or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, they didn't explain anything else, and, like, pretty quickly on, they dropped the Manus and uh, Peter being siblings again. Yeah, they did. But Mm -hmm. you're right, they don't really explain very much. Yeah, yeah. so... uh, I I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah,
0: because I kind of thought they would give, like, a real quick, like real like five minutes like I just here's what happened briefly for people who didn't watch the holiday special because then James Gunn said in that going into the holiday special he's like this is basically going to kind of fill in some some gaps for what we want to do to get to uh, the to get to the film so they don't they didn't have to address all this stuff that they wanted to actually use in in the film so like i said I, if that's i don't know if that's a mistake or anything we both saw the holiday special so we kind of were aware of what what was that what all had taken place but uh, i'll be interesting you know, if people who didn't see the holiday special if they were really the people confused
1: i went with mm-hmm. didn't had not seen the holiday special I think this movie was so good, it just blended in.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense to me. Like I because I, I thought, I kind of think that, so to hear that as well. Also, well, let's just
1: be honest, man, they throw so much at us in these superhero oh, yeah. movies, it's hard to keep up. I couldn't remember what movie Nebula joined us on. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I mean, she's been in all of them, but she I think she's been
1: all. Yeah. Mantis joined the second one. She joined the, she the second
0: one. Really it's mm-hmm. with ego, right? Right. She's one with ego. She was uh, that was one that that she ends up joining in. Craglin is in all three, but he doesn't actually become a member of the team until at the very end. Just like Nebula doesn't really become a and Nebula really doesn't become a member of the team until I guess really in an Infinity War and Endgame. Uh yeah. I'm trying to think I'd have to go back and look and see if she actually See, I, there's
1: so much stuff like that like right. how do you remember all this
0: yeah because like I remember at the end of the second one she I th- she actually left to go try to like hunt down Thanos on her own uh, yeah that's right so uh, that's kind of what ends up getting her called or something like that I can't remember it's been a while since I've seen some of them so uh, but one of the things I think is interesting is is Star Lord's character uh, played by Chris Pratt uh, yeah. also Peter Quill for if you, if, all the different names but the last time we really see him yes he is in he is in the holiday special and we covered that but he doesn't the he actually doesn't play a huge part in in the holiday special he's he's just more kind of a side character more so than anything else in that so the last time we really see that character the last time we really interact with him is in infinity war And he he doesn't look good in Infinity War. No, no. He makes the move that starts it all. Yeah, he does. The selfish move of trying to save Gamora. Right. So he wants to save Gamora in Infinity War. And, well, he doesn't want to save her. It's just he realizes that she's gone. Because when Thanos arrives there on Titan, and and you've got Spider-Man, you've got Iron Man, you've got the Guardians, uh, and Doctor Strange, they're all fighting Thanos there on Titan he they haven't they're getting ready to get the 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 infinity gauntlet off of him and the moment that he starts asking about where gamora is he starts punching in the face and and mantis can't keep his mind control over him and it costs you know it basically throws everything off the reason why thanos ends up winning is because of what peter does so he looks bad in that moment he looks selfish He doesn't look like the hero that we think he's supposed to be, and in this, he, thankfully, James Gunn, who didn't have any say in what was going to happen with those characters in those films, because he didn't have anything to do with it. I was about to say, which he could not have been happy about. Yeah, the, he has to kind of readjust, he has to he has to redo that character for the most part, and I think he does a wonderful job of getting Star-Lord he back. Does he does a... Great job because he is absolutely
1: selfless in this movie. He's wanting to help his best friend, not his second best friend, Drax,
0: <laughs> right. his best friend. His best friend, uh, yeah.
1: And like he does everything he can to protect Rocket and pretty much protect the whole team.
0: Yeah.
1: Which makes me wonder, you know, if you watch the end credits scene, which by now I hope every one of you stayed for it, <laughs> when they said the, the legendary Star Lord will return. Do you get the feeling that he's about to be the leader of the whole Marvel next phase? Because we've talked about before, they've lost all the
0: stars. Right. Paul Rudd has even said he may be done. Right, Like, Chris, that's kind of it. Yeah, the only other person who I think Mike could be uh, would be, possibly be Doctor Strange. Uh, I think
1: That's true. Yeah, you got Doctor Strange. I forgot about, yeah. Yeah,
0: he uh, he's the only other one, though, that I think... From what they have, uh, I think he's the only one that could probably pull off that role. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Just because I think there is a there is a growth of Chris Pratt's character. There is a growth of Peter yeah. Quill in this film that we hadn't even seen in the previous two films. And like I said, there is, there, this is the first time we really see him start to kind of mature a little bit into the character that he right. probably needs to be. Well, and also like... This was so good to watch, because if you've watched
1: the last Jurassic Park movie that was just okay, mm-hmm. and if you watched the Terminal List, and it was fine, mm-hmm. but it wasn't this version of Chris Pratt. This, right. The best version, when he is, he's, you know, self-deprecating, he's funny, he's charming, right. but he's he's just, he's, he. so what we always talked about, like, you want to be a Kurt Russell-type good guy that will take a punch. Right. And Star-Lord is incredible at that. And he that, is. Chris Pratt is so good at that. Yeah. He and is. I'm so glad he got, he got, like, this is like, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is the Chris, Chris Pratt I love.
0: Yeah, yeah, it 100% is. This is very much the Chris Pratt that I love. It's the one that we really, that most people really just fell in love with and that made Chris Pratt into the star that he is. And let's just be right. honest: James Gunn has, he seems to be able to bring out the best in that character. He really does. Yeah, I was thinking too,
1: man, I was like, Chris Pratt, like... I know James Gunn fought for him for this role. Yes, he did. He really did nail that. I don't know if anyone could play that part better.
0: No, I don't know that anybody could either. I mean, if you go back and watch Parks and Rec, I know you haven't seen Parks and Recreation. Yeah, yeah. But you can see how that character. why You can see why James Gunn saw what mm-hmm. Chris Pratt was doing with with that character in Parks and Recreation. You could see how he, he could see how what he saw and how he saw it could translate into what Star-Lord was. Look, he didn't obviously have the action chops and stuff like he does in in these films and in, in that show but he did have that self-deprecation he did have that you know, I'm just going to, I don't have a problem making fun of myself that that character just sorely needed in these films.
1: And he's he's got that Harrison Ford and Kurt Russell, like every guy, everyday guy, like mm-hmm. look to him that you, that even though, like, he gets made fun of and, like, but right. he's still kind of charming
0: to him. Yeah, he, he very much is. So, like I said, that's, it's one of the great things about Chris Pratt and it's one of the great things about these films that they bring out in him. Now, the other yeah. interesting thing about this is when they, Doing this film, basically the first two, you know, they built it around Chris Pratt. They built it around him. They built it around his character Star Lord because Star Lord in the comics is the he is the like the main leader, the character, the main character of that group. But this one basically kind of flips it on his head and makes it makes Bradley Cooper's uh, yeah. ra- Rocket. He's kind of the main focus of this story, and more interestingly is. For about two thirds of the movie, he's he's unconscious. That's just right. Right. It, it's but just he's still the lead. Yeah, he's still the lead, and that's just what's so great about this. Uh, I guess let's go take a break real quick, and we'll talk about that. All right. So let's like I said, let's talk about Rocket real quick. So Rocket is. He is—he's one of the more loved characters, just because. Look, he's—he's he's this furry little animal, uh, yeah, and he's Mouth. foul-mouthed, uh, just an, just an, a really interesting character, and you know he's always doing these weird things. He's one to, you know, you go back to the original, you go back to the original movie, and he's always trying to get somebody's eye, their arm, their whatever, and he's just right. doing all these weird things. But we get such a different take on him in in this film, and. There is a scene in the first film that really makes this movie hit a little differently. I don't know if you remember it, but there's a scene in the very first film where obviously, you know, this is the film where the the, the team is coming together. They have these issues where they don't always get along. And they're still trying to figure yeah. each other out. Drax like calls him like a rodent, uh, Gamora calls him like vermin or something like or maybe it's the opposite. And Rocket in that moment is just livid. He's like yelling and screaming at, at them. He's like, I didn't, act, I didn't ask to be made. I didn't want this. I didn't ask to be actually be created. And all you guys think of me is this, just this little monster. and like he is just Bradley Cooper is just yeah. r- letting into these two characters. And like I said, when you look back on that, when you look back on that moment, and you look forward to what you see in this film, that just that moment just hits really, really differently.
1: Yeah. So, Rocket in the in the uh, in the comics is he. A similar backstory? Is this James no, Dunn's okay. backstory? okay. I'm glad you
0: asked that. So the, in the comics, I, look, I'm no comic expert, especially not the Guardians. We'll talk more about that in a second. But the this is what the MCU does a lot of times, is they take things and they change their origin, they change their backgrounds just so they'll actually fit into the story. The high evolutionary in the comics has nothing to do with Rocket. Uh, he has uh, nothing to okay. do with, with Rocket. And one of the things I always thought that was interesting is in the comics, because I've been waiting for this, because one of the things that he says in these films is, I'm not a raccoon. I'm not a raccoon. He doesn't like being called yeah, a raccoon. Yeah, yeah. In the comics, yeah. he's referred to as Rocket Raccoon. So I was. Right. But they finally get to that here at the end of the, this film. But no, this is a completely different origin. And there's been a lot of speculation about if they were going to do this or not. And once they finally announced that the High Evolutionary was going to be the villain of the third film, everybody's like, okay, this is what they're doing. And they're actually going to tie so Rocket's origin to him.
1: What you're telling me, and this is shocking to hear. A creative mind like James Gunn had this planned out all along.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had it planned out all what? along. <laughs> People can do that? Yes, I know. It's amazing that they can do that. And that's one of the things that's so very interesting about that scene. I'm sure Bradley Cooper, you know, when he was reading those lines and when he was getting ready to deliver those lines in that in that first film, he wasn't aware of just everything that they were going to do with the character. Right. But I'm sure James Gunn told him, Look, I need you to deliver these lines with a real sense of urgency. I needed uh, a real sense of like desperation in you because I need to pay that off in two films later. And it's just really brilliant.
1: And let's shout out Bradley Cooper. He does a really good job. That you know, a lot of voice work doesn't get praised. No, it does. But he brings something out of this, and every even when he was the ba- do, doing part of the young right uh, rocket, like everything about his performance was really good. Yeah,
0: it really was. I mean, especially those moments when he was doing the younger one, because you could tell it was still yeah. Bradley Cooper, but his yeah. voice was definitely different. He was definitely doing yeah. something different in, the, in those moments, um, and you know let's talk about it because basically like I said he is kind of the focus of this film mm-hmm. and he is the and we're getting most of his story through through flashbacks and you just, this is where the emotional part of this comes in because you're getting his origin where he takes his little ra- where the high evolutionary takes his little raccoon out of all these, uh, baby raccoons, does all these horrible things to him. And when you first, when he's first thrown into that cage with Lila, uh, Tease and Floor, when he's first thrown into that cage, there's this kind of like this haunting and like kind of scary dynamic. And you see this creature walking towards him. And it's Lila. And then it immediately turns into like, it's okay you're gonna be okay it's just a real tense moment but it just quickly yeah. shifts into this sweet moment which is just one one of the things that gun does so very very well how great was that scene and also like i saw
1: linda Cardellini was in the cast right well we know she she's hawkeye's uh yeah. wife so i was like I wonder what she's gonna play and what a perfect role right. for her that's the good thing about like because i've Mitchell, like Karen Gillan is a very
0: attractive yes, redheaded yes. and you don't see this at all. It's like, she really could play another character. Yeah, she could. I mean, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, look, another person in that same vein, Cosmo the the, the Space Dog, is played yeah. by Maria Bakalova. Uh, she's an, she's absolutely gorgeous, and she's yeah. she's just a voice of a dog. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. he does— That's really This could. is what James Gunn does. I mean, mm-hmm. he takes these gorgeous women and, like, puts them in roles that doesn't do anything for uh, to display how just attractive they are. Uh, Karen could well, probably— you Go ahead. Yeah, but you could use them again. Yeah, you could, you could, you could, you you could roles, use yeah. Them again. Yeah, you absolutely could. So um, but like I said, just the way that Bradley Cooper does these things, the way he and mm-hmm. they and they do they do little things that you might not notice that they end up paying off later. Like when one of the early scenes when when the high evolutionary uh, played by Chiwoody uh Luigi, and we'll talk about him in a second, uh when he's like picking Ra- um, when he's picking Rocket up to take him back to his cage, you see Rocket pick up a couple little pieces of metal. And like I said, it's a it's a quick thing that you may not right. notice, and you're like, yeah. okay, so what's he doing? So I always thought he was like be building a weapon, but he's actually building this key that he can to yeah. to, to get them out there. And like I said, it's just those little tiny little details that James Gunn puts into his films that just work so very very well. So yeah,
1: and let's talk about let's talk about the High Evolutionary because our God Chawudi Awuji brought it we loved him in peacemaker Peacemaker. and we both saw that he was the villain of this we were both excited yes and let me tell you he delivered an incredible performance incredible one of the best villains in a superhero movie
0: yeah he's not the best in my opinion he's not the best villain but he is one of the most interesting villains because he's not the same type of villain that you normally see in these things i mean the only reason they even go to this guy is because They need to get some type of technology so that they can make Rocket work again. Uh, And look, he's obviously hunting down Rocket because this is kind of the whole thing. Is he he wants uh, he sends Adam Warlock to go hunt down Rocket because he wants the he wants his brain basically because all the creations that he made is they can be as intelligent as they want, but it's not. They're not producing anything creative. They're not producing anything new, Uh, and that's what that's kind of the whole crux of this entire entire story. But, like I said, he's not my favorite, but he is still one of the most interesting because he's not trying to take over the world. He's not trying to blow anything up. He he just has this warped, demented sense of what perfection should be, and he's just constantly searching for it, and he does it in these just awful, terrible experiments that he performs on animals and that he eventually probably looks like he's going to eventually perform on humans. So, I said, he's one of the more interesting villains that are that are out and there. And I was to say, in
1: Chiwoody Awuji's... and we're uh, attempting. We think we're pronouncing. We think we're pronouncing his correctly. It correctly. His background in theater. He's a, he has a long yeah. background in in the uh, London theater. Mm-hmm. It really pays off here because, like, the way he's saying, like, perf- I'm looking for perfection. The way he says, it, it's like right. it's like Shakespeare. Oh yeah. Like he I, think, he acting, is I think he's he is, a Shakespearean yeah, 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 actor. I think he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, because like he's famous him and John Luthgow were in a uh, King Lear. That okay. Was, like won a lot of awards. Okay. Uh, a few years ago. I think that's really maybe where James Gunn saw him. But like uh, his theater background, especially the Shakespeare really helps uh, 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 make some evolution to this. Right. Uh, to this villain.
0: <laughs> yeah. One thing I like about what they do with his villain is, A lot of times there's – one of the things that makes a a villain interesting is they try to make them, like, sympathetic or something like that. Or they try to Mm -hmm. make them, like, they're right or, you know, kind of like the Killmonger in the the first Black Panther, you know. He, you know, he's he's a horrible person, but he's, he was kind of probably the one who was actually right about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but this, they don't do that, they, and there's nothing really redeemable about this guy. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's really that you can you can kind of understand what he's doing, but it's not like you're feeling any sympathy for this guy at all. But he still remains interesting for that, even despite that. He's- He's very interesting and he's horrible off yes, the back. Yes, exactly. Which I'm
1: always a fan of.
0: Yeah, he, there, he comes out f- at, from the very get-go and rem- is awful from the get-go and remains awful until the very end of this entire film. And like well, I said, it was it's a, just a really good performance because like I said, sometimes that's not always the best villain but yeah. they do a really good job of making his character just really interesting regardless of the fact that you don't really have any sympathy for him.
1: And they kind of they kind of like showed their cards a little bit because when he talks about threatening to kill Warlock and he right. doesn't do it, you're like, oh, I know who's going to turn good <laughs> and right. help the guys at the end. Like you know that's coming at some yeah. point. That Warlock's going to do something heroic. Let's talk about him. But who, I'm
0: right. fine with that. Let's talk about Adam Warlock real quick. He's played by Will Poulter. What'd you think about Adam Warlock?
1: Well, Will Poulter. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything where he used his actual British accent <laughs> because he's always an American. So yes. it was... I enjoyed him. I thought he was funny because it was like, you know, he didn't realize he was being funny Right. he was such a dumb character. Right. Uh, I thought he was good. And, like, you know, I I think that is a character that can definitely be used in, in a different, you know, moving forward yeah.
0: in Marvel. I thought he did a good job. I'll be interested what the... Nerd reaction is to him because his his portrayal of Adam Warlock is very very different than it is of the comic books. Uh, and, and oh they, Lord! And they make it they make a good point. Elizabeth DeBicki's character I can't remember what her name is, but Elizabeth DeBicki's character who is basically his mom, uh, she points out that he which not, they cannot be that much difference. In age. They probably aren't, but I mean when they're covered <laughs> up in gold. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it probably it, you can kind of get away with a lot of that stuff. But she makes a point, you know, that he was basically undercooked. He wasn't ready to get, to come out and right, right, she, right. in the high of basically forces him to come out early uh and so like i said in in the comic books he's adam warlock is highly intelligent he's highly uh he is very competent he is one of the more Formidable uh, heroes that is in the that is in the comics. So, like I said, I'll be interested in what the reaction is to him. I, I'm okay with the way they are doing it because, like I said, they do make a point that he wasn't ready for this at the at this point that he is a uh, that he should have had more time to develop and all this type of stuff. So, uh, but uh, look, I just thought he was funny. I thought it, he brought thought a lot of comic was, relief to it. I thought it was I thought it was a good performance by him.
1: I thought so too. And I was kind of like you know we just mentioned her uh, his mother. Who is uh, Elizabeth Debicki? Who is three years older than him <laughs> in real life? Uh, I, you know, she's had a nice career. Like she we had. saw mm-hmm. her. At, uh, um, she's in uh, Tenet. The Tenet was yeah. what I, I saw. The Night Manager. She, yeah, uh, I think she was in one of the
0: Mission Impossible movies. But she did a lot of stuff. Right. She but has.
1: like. Uh, no, kind of a small role, but she's covered in gold. You right. can use her
0: again. <laughs> you can use her again if you want to. Yeah, because I always forget that that is her that plays that role. And uh, when I go back and look at IMDb, it's like, oh yeah, it's Elizabeth Bickey playing that uh, that role. So, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the other characters real quick. So, uh, and this is you know this being an ensemble cast, it's really one of the hard things that you have to do. And this one of the things that James Gunn has done ever since he's taken over this. Ever since he's done this franchise, you know, he understands how to give people their screen time, how to give them their Mm -hmm. moments to shine. Uh, Drax, look, Dave Bautista. He doesn't get enough credit because when you start talking about, you know, big stars that are former wrestlers, everybody goes to uh, Dwayne Johnson. Everybody goes to, um, what's his name, uh, Peacemaker, uh, John Cena. Oh, John Cena. Uh, the, you know, those are the two that people immediately go to. I don't think Dave Bautista gets his credit as he doesn't as a former wrestler because yeah. he is just, and this role specifically, oh, I so can watch good. him forever as Drax. He, he is so funny, and
1: just like when he's being sweet and sincere, like at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. where it's like "hello, little morons," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and like I said, it's just it's just fantastic, and just the way that he operates. I mean, it's just yeah. absolutely fantastic. uh Palm Clementine okay. go ahead. I was gonna
1: say adding him and Manus together is even better. Yes, they are so
0: good. Their chemistry is off the charts. Yes, it is. It's just absolutely wonderful. I love watching the two of them together. And again, another just absolutely beautiful woman who's behind a yeah, yeah, look yeah, mask. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, just, looks totally different oh, than yes, her uh, part like she's a blonde. Yes, she is. She's a blonde in real life, and she, in this, she is a, a black-headed bug, basically. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the two of them together are, are just fantastic. Uh, there is the on-screen, like I said, putting them together and letting them just have some time to kind of cook there in, in the holiday special. It really helped. Like if you saw the holiday special, you you were you were really pleased to see that they continued to kind of build upon what they built in that in that little forty-five minute program. They continued to build upon it in, in this film. So I got
1: I got a question mm-hmm. for you. What did you think about Zoe Saldana as Gamora, her version of this and this movie, and the fact that her and Peter didn't get back together at the
0: end? I was surprised they didn't get back together. I was surprised too. I liked it. I thought it was a I thought it was a good movie mm-hmm. because that's not what this film was. It's not what the end of this film was about. Because the end yeah. of this film is basically about everybody having to be kind of understanding who they actually are now and what they yeah. need to do with their lives. Uh, and this, and they all they both had different ways that they needed to go and look you know and she makes a point she says i'm still not the person that you want me to be and that's okay and like i said you know she was absolutely awful to begin with but you know her arc changes uh she was she was the one i was least interested in i'll be i will be honest about that yeah but i thought she did a good job of what she was she did what she was supposed to though
1: right i agree she did did what she was supposed to and i wonder if this is it for her
0: It appears to be. I have not found a single one of these actors who have said that they plan to come in. The only one that Chris Pratt has said that he will play Star-Lord for as much as they want him to. Uh, and they mentioned that at yeah, the end. And I think that's one of the reasons why they put that at the very end. So and I don't know how they will use him. I, I haven't heard anything about Bradley Cooper. Uh, look, let's just be honest with I, with Groot. I mean, you could have anybody do that. If I you mean, can. yeah, I was about to say, is it that obvious it's Vin Diesel? It's I mean, not. I mean, but, I mean, this was the one movie where I felt like I could kind of tell it was his voice yeah, out of I the three. So too. But especially when he said, "I love
1: you," yeah, "I love you guys" or whatever he said. Yeah, let's
0: talk about that real quick. What do you think about that? I enjoyed it, man. It's 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 fun to okay, see something well, different. I didn't really like it at first, but when I uh, there were some people that were speculating online about basically he that what they're doing this is he didn't actually say I, "I love you guys." He actually said, "I'm great." But we're we're at the audience getting that moment, that kind of that uh gamora gets there at the uh, end where she finally understands him so there are okay. a lot of people speculating about that online and james gunn actually came out and confirmed yes that is what happened so i was like okay oh, cool so i like that. that so uh like i said i like the fact that they do that there at the very end when uh like I said, at first i wasn't i was like wow well, all of a sudden is he now saying i i, I love you guys but he's not he's still say, yeah. he's just saying i am group but we as the audience now get to understand it like all the characters in in the film did uh, so let's. I guess uh, who else have we not talked about? We haven't. Oh, let's talk about. Let's talk about Cosmo and Craglin because they're they're kind of oh, tied together great. in this one. Uh, what do you think about those two? That was very funny. And how dare Craglin called <laughs> call Cosmo a bad, bad dog. dog? That's <laughs> just freaking cruel. Yeah, it's just absolutely awful. So, uh, just. It was funny. Like I said, he, he was, was so funny. He was sticking to his guns for most of the film, uh, and he finally calls her a good dog. Was at, that a pun intended?
1: He was sticking to his guns because he's played by Sean Gunn? He's played Gunn. by
0: Sean Gunn, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. So, uh, but like I said, I loved their characters. I thought they were great. I loved I loved Cosmo. She was yeah. just, just great. That was a nice addition. It really was. I mean, this is a huge cast to begin with, so to insert somebody else into it is a bit of a risk, but it's one that ends okay. up paying off, in my opinion, for, for uh, James Gunn.
1: I know James Gunn's gone, and this is his guy, but
0: Nathan Fillion was hilarious. Yes, and he kind of gets a little bit lost. If you're not sure who Nathan Fillion was, he was one of the guards at the, uh, that was at that weird bio five, yeah. uh, space headquarters or whatever it was. He was the one that had the lackeys. that He said, well, you know, I got one of those, two when he's talking about the, yeah, one, the dumb one. <laughs> the dumb one. Uh, yeah, he's great. I mean, Nathan Fillion is one of those guys that James Gunn goes to quite a bit. He was in. Yeah. He was in the Suicide Squad. Was he was in his first movie, Sliver? Oh, was he? Okay, I didn't realize he was yeah. in that. So, uh, but yeah, so like he said, he's one of those guys that James Gunn goes to quite a bit, and so he, he pulled him out again for this. So that's one of the things that James Gunn does. If you if you're one of his guys, he will go to you quite a bit over and over and over again. And uh, Nathan Fillion is one of those is one of those characters. So, uh, Karen Gill, we haven't talked about uh, Nebula yeah. that much. What do you think about Nebula in this one? I liked her. Um, probably, I haven't really
1: enjoyed her uh, as much. Uh, it's Slither. Oh, uh, <laughs> first <laughs> Slither was a movie with Sharon Stone that I saw in the oh, theater yeah. as a true. teen. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was a good day. But anyway, uh, Slither was the one that was James Gunn's first movie starring Nathan Finn. Uh I really enjoyed her character. I thought the last movie they started to make it better, but... Um, in the Christmas special, you really saw Nebula really right. become part of the team and showing more of where she's kind of funny and and, yeah. and because Karen Gillan stuff she's been and she's actually a very good actress and very funny, swimming. so um, I, I was glad to
0: see her have a bigger part. I thought I thought she blended in perfectly. Yeah, I thought I thought she did. I thought it was I was really curious about because she obviously has gone through some some upgrades. Uh, there's a lot of things like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the way that her body was working, like she get. Something would break, and like she just like put it back into shape. Uh, that was arm, crazy.
1: It was like Terminator.
0: Yeah, it really was. Uh, her arm is basically kind of turned into this weapon that can kind of morph into things. And like so I was wondering, like, okay, they haven't really hinted at that, but they do actually. Drop in there, you know that one of the reasons why she has all these upgrades, done to her is because of Rocket. Rocket is the one who who created all this stuff for uh, her. And I don't know if you caught that in 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 the movie, uh, but yeah, she says, I that. yeah, she says that she she says that that uh, that Rodin or whatever. I think she's talking to Gamora uh, is the reason why I have all uh, I can do all this new stuff or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. So, oh, okay, so they do actually explain because I was wondering, it's like why could she do all this stuff? She hasn't been able to do any of this prior to this film, and they haven't really talked about it. But they do end up addressing it at one point in the film so uh so basically the end of this film they uh you've got kind of a lot of the guardians going their own separate way gamora goes back to the ravagers Uh, you've got peter going back to earth uh and meeting up with his maternal grandfather and starting a relationship with them uh, you've got Drax, who is basically going to help Gamora on nowhere. Uh and he's basically going to be a dad to all these kids that they save there at the very end. And then you've got some of the others who are still going to be part of the Guardians. Uh what do you think all this play how do you think all this plays out for all these when you talk about the mid and end credit scene too?
1: Yeah, um, I'm assuming that Guardians group, we will see them again, and I think we'll see Peter Quill.
0: I'm not sure about the others. Yeah, I, I, I know we won't see Drax. I know we, Dave Bautista. Yeah, Drax, I think, is done. Yeah. yeah, Dave Bautista said he is not playing the character again. Uh, one, he, he he only wanted to deal with a gun. And he also he said, you know, this is the perfect ending for him. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, I don't think. Uh, I think those that kind of went their separate ways. Uh, Zoe Saldana has said basically she's done. I haven't heard about Karen Gillan, so I'm not really sure about her. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if if she was done with it as well. But I think you're right. I, I don't know that we're going to get another Guardians movie because the mid yeah, so. the mid credit scene is basically setting up this new team. So you've got you got Groot, you've got. Uh, you got Rocket, who is kind of their captain now, their leader, their new leader. You've got uh, Will Poulter's Adam Warlock. I don't know who plays uh, Phyla, which is the little kid in this. Uh, she, I'll be interested in what she does. Oh yeah, because she actually is. Pretty much tied to Captain Marvel. Uh, oh, okay. So, like I said, I'll be interested if she shows up there because she's basically the daughter. Uh, in 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 the comics, she is the daughter of one of the person, uh, like the original person who took on the mantle of Captain Marvel before long before Kara Danvers ever did. Uh, so, like okay. I'm gonna be interested if she shows up in that because that that was an interesting drop because, like I said, when they were showing her in like the. With the children on, on the spaceship, I, I didn't have any idea who she actually was. But when they show her there at the end, when she's got those bands on, because if you notice, she, she was wearing some kind of weird kind of band that was allowing her to manipulate energy, uh, which is kind of one of the things that they hinted at in Miss Marvel. Like, that will be interesting if she shows up there. So. so
1: do you think James Gunn was doing his brother a, a favor by putting him... In the, the new Guardians, yeah, so when he's called, he answer.
0: could continue. I, yeah, I, It wouldn't surprise me, uh, just because... It would be, be a nice brotherly thing to do. It would be, because he, he... Except where I think you see these guys again is probably in an avengers film later on that's what i was thinking yeah well yeah. uh, in either Kang dynasty and who knows where that's going now with jonathan majors issues yeah. uh but uh like Kang dynasty secret wars or something like that i think that's probably where you end up seeing them again so uh then the other thing is the end credit scene you do have uh peter quill having just breakfast with his grandfather and did you notice the little easter egg they dropped in that with the newspaper Yes, I saw it, yeah. yeah With Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Bacon tells all about his alien abduction. Uh, I thought that was just great that they put that yeah, in there.
1: Funny. I was also glad we didn't hear what the grandfather wanted to complain about, lazy workers.
0: <laughs> that's true, I'm glad that we didn't. I was eat. like, oh, God, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, no, I didn't want to go down that road either. So, But nevertheless, they reveal at the very end of it. That's when they put on the screen uh, the legendary Sky, uh, Star-Lord will return, so... I don't know what they're... I think that's another thing. I guess they use him in Avengers or, or something like that?
1: It's got to be. they got to use him in something. I, I feel like he's going to be a big part moving forward because they need big stars. And yeah, they do.
0: One of the only ones with Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of them out left out there. Now, look... Yeah. There's, there's some that could become big stars. Uh, Simu Liu, I wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a big star. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's doing pretty well, yeah. He could, like I said, he's obviously got Shang-Chi. I'm guessing that he's going to have other things that come up for him. I could see him becoming a big star, but he's not yeah. there yet. Uh, well,
1: Brie Larson is, but I've also heard where she's
0: kind of wanting to be out of Yeah, this, she's kind so of wanting to be out as bizarre. well. That's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I think, I think for her she really struggled with the reaction to her first film uh just oh, okay that was i think a big thing for her is they were there were so many people who just were hating on her just because it was basically a woman taking on a superhero role and nobody wanted and there were so many incels oh out there God, who didn't what want to
1: what see an it
0: idiot yeah I, know. Cause I, I, I like that movie i've still never understood the hate. yeah i've I never understood it either so but anyway uh, like I said, but you're right though. I mean, she. I mean, she's an she's an Oscar winner for Gravity yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. So, I mean, if you can figure out a way to keep her happy and keep her on I think yeah. you definitely try to do it. So, right. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'll be interested in what they do with all the characters and stuff. So, all right. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? Or do we want to do our awards? Well-
1: uh, I'll do one quick thing. James good obviously a big fan, and who isn't, okay. of 1996 Face-Off.
0: Yes, tell me about it. <laughs> because it's a Face-Off. It's a Face-Off. Yeah, he
1: kept saying that. And in fact, the way Groot was shooting his gun was like uh, was like Nicolas Cage did in that movie. No, you're right. So that had had to be. And then, like, you know, uh, the High Evolutionary had, had a, a face. Yes, that yeah, gets so, taken
0: off so yeah, yeah your, your point uh, yeah, good point let's talk about james gunner real quick i want to talk about him so oh yeah is obviously leaving the mcu he is taking over he's basically going to be kind of the kevin feige along with i can't remember the other guy uh zaz is in it yeah, i think you're right so like basically Gunn's gonna be the creative side zaz is going to be the um money guy on, producer this, yeah. yeah he's gonna be kind of the money guy for that that role so What do you think does this this entire franchise, Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? What do you think he can? How do you think he can make that translate into basically kind of being the mastermind of the DC? Because the first film that's coming out is going to be the Superman legacy. He's going to actually direct it. What do you think it means, and how do you think it translates into those films? I mean, how do you not trust him? Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. The only thing I do worry about is there is a certain. There's a certain aesthetic, and there is a certain there's a certain way that he goes about actually showing his films. That I sometimes I like for Superman. Like I do wonder, like just the because this movie's like really, really kind of violent. It's like one of the more violent right, MCU right, movies right. out there, and we yeah. didn't even talk about. Yeah, that. Really they actually allowed James Gunn to drop an F bomb in, in a Disney yeah. property, which was uh, like there was an audible gasp in my theater. Like they actually <laughs> said an F bomb. Like I was, yeah. surprised. I could not believe they let them do that. But uh uh like said, I'll be well, there were little kids behind me and they had been kicking my chair, so I giggled. <laughs> I'm glad they heard it. <laughs> no, that's funny. I'm most surprised that I, I wouldn't necessarily, if you're listening and you haven't taken your kids, I'm not necessarily sure I would take like little I kids to this. The same thing. So, now, they were little. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I do a little worry about, you know, can James Gunn back off the James Gunn of it, just the James Gunniness of some of the things that he does because i don't know that it like would translate oh. compl- like the humor element i could see him doing really really well with clark the clark Kent aspect of, of superman yeah. i just don't know that like just kind of the out the just the outlandishness of some of like some of these scenes that we see in guardians i don't know how well that plays in a superman film i just wonder if he can back off of that for like those types of things
1: i trust him man yeah
0: suicide too. squad movie watchable yeah, he did. You're, you make a good point there because that that the first one was terrible and that second one was actually pretty yeah. good. So yeah, you make a good point. So, all right, uh, we want to go ahead do our awards. Yeah, let's do our awards. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we watch a television, whenever we finish up a season of television, or whenever we watch a movie, we give out six awards that are all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first, we have the Rachel who is the star of the movie. Who are you giving your Rachel to? I'm doing Co. here, and I'm doing Peter Quill and James Gunn. Okay, that's I'm with I Bradley Cooper as Rocket. That's one because I I just really felt I used like him somewhere else. Yeah, it was so good. I, I just felt like this was really his his story, his mm-hmm. movie. So I went ahead and went with him there. So uh, the Joey, the character you just love, just because they're just a lovable character. Who'd you go with? I went with
1: Nebula and Gamora here. Okay. Because uh, there were so many others of the other uh, categories.
0: I mean, it, when you're talking about a character you just love it. How can you not put a dog there? So I put Maria Bacaloba. Yeah, Cosmo. man. You're right. I'm changing my <laughs> It's Cosmo. Uh, the Chandler, the one that made you laugh the most. Who'd you go with? I bet we have the same too. It's Drax and Manus. Actually, I went with Drax. Uh, I, I did. I put Manus somewhere else. I got her uh, another place. But I went with Drax. Uh, Dave Bautista's Drax, and Will Poulter is Adam Warlock because I liked both of them. Okay. So uh, the Phoebe, who'd you go with for the Phoebe? I went with Warlock here. Okay, that, that makes sense. I went with uh, Karen Gillan as Nebula just because she is just so stoic in yeah. all of her roles, and right. also the, also went with Mantis because she's kind of a bug. <laughs> that's where that's yeah. what I ended up putting yeah. her. So uh the monica who's just an important character uh to the story who'd you go with i went with rocket because his whole storyline like you mentioned leads the whole plot line this is where i kind of just threw in the rest of the guardians uh i put chris pratt as star lord vin diesel as groot and sean gunn as craglin so i just kind of threw the rest of them uh, into this one uh the ross the character you like the least and it could be because they just do a good job of being uh unlikable which is what they're supposed to be or it's because they're just not that good at what they do uh who'd you go with the ross I went with the high evolutionary. Yeah. He was just an incredible bad guy, yeah, and i'm I'm with you on that. I mean, it's not because he did a poor job, it's just because nope. his character there's nothing likable about his nope. character in this, so uh and, uh awuji uh, just was he absolutely nailed it in this, so he did. Alright, rating time. Here on the main attraction podcast, we have a five-tier rating system. At the top of our system is a Game of Thrones. Beneath the Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Beneath the Friends is Full House. And bottom of the barrel for us is a uh Baywatch. What are you giving volume Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Oh man, this is Game of
1: Thrones. Yeah. This was an awesome time. Like I said, I I I hate to see these characters go. I love them so much, right. and uh, I hate that we'll never see them again. I hate that James Gunn won't be involved with this. Right. But we will always have these movies, and they're all three are watchable. They're rewatchable.
0: Yeah, it's Game of Thrones for me as well. And what's—I'm just really in awe of this because when the MCU started, and when I was uh, just became such a huge fan of it, and when as it was as it continued developed ever since the very first one in 2008 with Iron Man. You know, of the films that have three movies, that have like three movie arcs. You've got uh, Thor, which actually has four. You've got Captain America. You've got Iron Man. Uh, you've got this. You've got Spider Man. Uh, am I leaving any out? I think there's only ones that have three. I think there's uh, now the Avengers are different. Avengers are a little different, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but of the ones that are like standalone stories, the only one that can even kind of come close to like how much I love all three of these movies combined out of all those is captain America. And uh, just only because I think captain America has the best movie out of all of them. And that's yeah, uh yeah. winter soldier. I think it's, it's the best movie out of all of them. But like I said, I think this is, like, if you were ask me which, like, which property is my favorite in the MCU, I think it's Guardians. And I think you're right. I think mine, too. Yeah. And that's just shocking to me because nobody knew who these people were before this film, very first film, was made. And Right. And now they're one of the most beloved set of characters in any type of uh, IB property. And that's, like I said, it's just shocking to me. It just shows what James Gunn can actually do. It's just absolutely right. incredible. So It really is. All right. uh, Before we sign off uh, on this particular episode, we do want to do some things that we are looking forward to, some things that are coming up here in the near future. Uh, What are some things you got that you're looking forward to?
1: So I will mention something that we are going to cover.
0: A silo
1: on uh, Apple Plus uh, about a group of people that are living in a silo underground, and we find out why. Uh, What an incredible cast. Apple has done it again. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Common, David Ayola, uh, Tim Robbins. I mean, just stacked. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think two episodes are out now. now. The third Mm -hmm. one comes out Friday. And uh, we'll be covering those first three episodes next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, The other thing, uh, I have watched two episodes of this show, and I laughed so hard because I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and it's jury duty on freebie. I cannot wait to finish oh, really? this. I haven't even have heard you of it. heard about this? Uh-uh, so it's it. about a... They have convinced this guy that a trial is going on around him, mm. and James Marsden, playing himself, is in the jury with him. Oh, really? The rest of the people are played by actors. This one guy doesn't realize this is a fake trial, <laughs> and it is hilarious it's on freebie okay uh, amazon you can watch it on amazon unfortunately you have to watch the ads. right yeah. but i'm telling you the first two episodes i laugh so hard and james marsden is playing a trumped up version of himself <laughs> and he is really really funny so it, okay. is, it is it is worth watching
0: okay i'll check that out just, there are a few things that come on freebie occasionally that i do like so yeah. uh you are going to hear me talk about Silo, but it'll be in our next show, so I'll uh, we'll be talking about it there. Uh, but some things I'm looking forward to. i have seen some new trailers. Something I think a couple of these trailers have been out for a little bit, but I saw a couple of new trailers for some movies that are coming out that just get me more excited for it. Dune Part 2, uh, the new trailer oh, for it, yeah, comes out. that looks good. Uh, I read the book, and I liked the first movie. I thought it was good. Uh, so did your mother. Yes, well... <laughs> I talk about the first, the one that came out in twenty twenty one. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. his mom
1: is a big fan of the '80s movie. Yeah, my mom before I, she
0: passed away, she was loved those. She loved the first uh, movie, which I went back and watched, and I was like, I don't get what she saw in it, but nevertheless, the uh, name is Sting and Kyle MacLachlan. I know. What well, she yeah, saw okay, it. that probably may have been part of it. So I, I like giving Justin <laughs> a hard time. Uh, but like I said, uh, the first, uh, the first film by uh, Denis Villeneuve. I guess it's like so They make it yeah. never can't get it uh, great, great. but uh it was absolutely wonderful but if you ask me i've read the book uh i've read doing the book and the second part of the story to me that he's doing with the second part of the the, the doom part two movie it is a much more interesting version of the it's the most interesting part of the entire book so i'm really looking forward to it uh the yes.
1: Does Austin Butler use the Elvis voice? That is the question we're all wondering. (laughs) I hope
0: not, because it will not find it. He won't. won't, But but that is a good question, though. So uh, I did see another. uh, I I don't know if this this new trailer for it has been out for a little while but I saw it for the first time when we were at the movie on Friday night uh, the Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny there is a new trailer for it like I said I don't know if it's been I, out for I a while I
1: thought the same thing it looked like a new trailer and
0: it still besides the weird CGI stuff yeah. it still looks good it still looks good which I'm, like I said I'm, I'm a little surprised about and the other one I saw and it was the first trailer I've seen for it is Oppenheimer I, I love Christopher Nolan yeah. I, I, he is one of the few directors like I will go see any film that he does uh, and the Oppenheimer Trailer looks absolutely amazing. My son asked me when he, when he, when the trailer uh, was playing for this, he leans over to me and goes, So, is this like a a fake World War II story? I was like, No, it's very much a real World War II story. (laughs) I was like, It's about the beginning, it's about how the atomic bomb was created. He's like, Oh, I just thought it was a fake story. He's like, Nope, it's a real W World War II story. These fake movies, man, that like. (laughs) quinn
1: tarantino, tarantino and others have done they've they're corrupting the
0: youth that's right they're corrupting the youth so i just thought that was well, funny. actually x-men has
1: done this multiple uh, yeah,
0: times you're, they're taking real stuff yeah i take real stuff and then just kind of play with it but yeah so he, that was just made me laugh when he said so that is, this, is funny is this a fake world war ii story it's like no it's it's very much based on a real actual world war ii event so uh anyway all right i guess that wraps us up for this week anything you want to add to the show appreciate everyone joining us and we will talk to you next time i would echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true